If you are looking for even more help and guidance on your breakup, I have a few different options for you to take your healing to the next level. I have four different online courses depending on what stage of the breakup that you're in from beginning all the way into moving on after heartbreak, or you can bundle all of my courses together and use the code podcast to get $25 off my course bundle. I also have my 30 day no contact challenge to help hold you accountable in going no contact with your ex. And we have our free Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with other people going through breakups all over the world. To learn more about any of these resources, head to the show notes where you can learn more about my courses, take the quiz to figure out which course is best for you, or join the Facebook group. And don't forget to use the code PODCAST to get $25 off my course bundle. Welcome to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast with your host, Breakup Bestie, aka me, Kendra. Breakups are hard, but you don't have to do it alone. Each week, I will be taking you through a different topic as it relates to breaking up, healing from heartbreak, growing in your single life, dating, and getting back into happier and healthier relationships. The goal of this show is to provide support, hope, tips, and to remind you that above all, this too shall pass. Welcome back to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast. I have another expert episode for you today. Today I'm joined by Brittany Allen. You may know her on TikTok or Instagram at 30 Waves. And I came across Brittany on TikTok about a year ago and just instantly fell in love with her message, the way I think she does so many things so well, but one thing that I love is she really does this great job of romanticizing her life, but Brittany has gone through, you know, different relationship journeys and really made this turning point in her mid-30s where she realized she was done putting so much energy into trying to find, quote unquote, the one and decided to put that energy back into herself. And she's really dedicated herself to just working on herself and like, And realizing, like, why do I always have to be searching for a partner? Why can't I just – my life can start now, basically. And so we talk about that in this episode, this idea of these false rules that are put on us, these timelines that are put on us, and how you can start to break free of that and how you can start your life now without being in a relationship. So I love her perspective on things. I love the way that she approaches life and I love that she lives life in a way that's clearly so authentic and and fun to her. And it just, I was sharing with her before we started recording. It's like, you know, obviously I'm happy in my life now, but she really makes me miss that the freedom and the power and all of that of being single. So super excited to share Brittany with you guys. I've been wanting to have her on the podcast for a while now. So here she is. Welcome, Brittany, to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast. I'm so excited to get to talk to you face-to-face. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. You know, it's funny. When I was around 20 years old, I had my first heartbreak, and I wanted to open a club called the like Lonely Hearts Club or the Heartbreak Club. And so this is just very fitting and kind of ironic that, you know, Almost 20 years later, I'm still kind of in this world, always talking about it, trying to help women feel better, heal their hearts. So this is meant to be. (laughs) Very industrious idea to have at 20 to be like, I'm going through heartbreak. I want to do something with it. I think that's awesome. But I found you on TikTok probably like a year ago, I would say, and like just immediately like really gravitated 
towards you. And you've been on my list of someone I wanted to get on the show. So I'm just, I just, I love what you're doing. And I think since starting my page, there have been things that like have come to become more apparent to me that need to be talked about as a part of heartbreak. Like I think this idea of timelines and all the things are just so prevalent. And I think, you know, I don't think we talk about that necessarily enough. So I would love if you could just start by like, how did you start your page? Like what was like the the impetus of all this? Yeah. So basically, I mean, it's like, the general like success takes, you know, many years of hard work. And I've actually been at this for 10 years, but it's pivoted. It started with a WordPress blog. But when I was in my mid 20s, had another heartbreak, kind of shattered my world. And I ended up leaving Seattle where I'm from, and kind of going on this life adventure, because I just needed a new start after this heartbreak. And thank God I did. And it all worked out how it should have, because I think I was always supposed to move away from my hometown and and go do bigger things. But at night, I would just write and I found it really therapeutic. And that was my way to kind of make sense of the world and my healing journey. And around the age of 25, 26, I realized that I had a hundred blog posts that I could just put up. And so I started a blog called 20 Waves about being in your 20s, ups and downs. It was more dating focused. It would be like, I went out with this Brazilian dude and he said this, and it was more like sex in the city, like a little more racy. And then, you know, life goes on. I did that for a few years. Like every Friday I had a blog post. I was really dedicated to it. Instagram came out at the same time, but I don't even think I understood how Instagram could help grow. That was more just like photos and fashion. And so I took a pause around like 30 And then it was around 32 that I started 30 waves and still kind of talked about dating. So if you go to 30waves.com, you'll see some personal dating stories. But then I think it's like you get to this point in your 30s where you're like, why is all my energy on someone else? Why is all my focus on men finding someone? I just got fed up thinking about someone else so much and like having this longing feeling of finding my person. And I started just making my own life and really changing my energy towards that. And then my Instagram was growing, but it was still quite small. And then COVID hit and we all had a lot of time on our hands. And I just started TikToking and found that video storytelling just felt more authentic to me. And it was just, it was my thing. And TikTok grew and then Instagram grew and Like I had a very normal nine to five marketing job for tech companies for 10 years. And it wasn't until about a year ago where I started doing this full time. And now it's just growing and it's super exciting. That's amazing. No, I think it's incredible. I love what you said, because I hear that so often of like how much I've been out of the dating world for a long time, but like how much energy goes into dating. And it's like so true. It's like, if we could even use a fraction of the energy that we're putting into dating and like redirect it into ourselves, like what can happen? And I'm curious, like, was there a particular like dating situation that didn't work out that caused you? Like, what was that turning point for you? How did you get to that place of realizing like, I should be putting this into me? Mm -hmm. Well, it's funny because it's so cliche, but like one of my favorite movies is Eat, Pray, Love. 
And yeah. I think her words are really profound. Like she does have these like 10 quotes in that movie where like, I think every woman can identify and it just like gets you to your core. But one of the scenes in that movie is, I think his name's Richard. And he was like, if you could just take all that space that you're focusing on your ex and let the world into that space in your mind, like you could do so much. And I think that's exactly what you just said. It's like, God, if we just filled our minds and energy with something else, what else could we accomplish? You know, I dated so many people. I've had five-year relationships. I've done long distance many times. I've had one night stands. I've had situationships galore. I don't know if there was one thing that like triggered this. I think it was just probably dating in New York. You just get into situationship after situationship. And I looked at from 32 to 35 and I was like, I would date someone for three months, even six months, maybe. And then the signs were always there that like they didn't want to commit or it just wasn't a right fit. And then I would spend like another three months mourning it. And like, there goes almost an entire year. You know, I probably did that more so like 30 to 35. And I think it's just like, I looked back and I was like, oh my God, I wasted years in this little cycle of dating and then being sad and then dating. And like, I don't even know these guys' last names anymore. Like literally someone I dated at 32 for three months, like I'm like, his name's like Gary something. Like I honestly couldn't tell you his name. So it's like, why did I cry myself to sleep after every bar night, you know, for Gary? So I just got sick of it. I really think that's the answer. And I just realized like, wow, once I start putting the energy towards me, things were growing in my own life. And that's what I've done. And now I'm like actually accomplishing lifelong goals of like potentially writing a book and, you know, building this community of women and everything. So. So when you made that transition what did that look like like did that mean you deleted all your dating apps like was it like a super like hard black and white kind of decision that you did this pause or was it more just like I'm not going to give that my energy yeah I was less active on the apps like I haven't even opened hinge in so long I think my profile's on there I should probably delete it (laughs) I just stopped this like cycle of every week thinking about it, trying to look for someone going to the bars and every night that I didn't meet someone or get someone's number, feel sad. Yeah. I don't know if there's like, I just kind of stopped putting energy towards that and just like planned things on Thursdays with my friends on the weekends with my friends and given like COVID happened too. That was a lot of reflection time. But even then, like, I wasn't worried, like, oh, my God, I need to set up all these Zoom dates. I also was healing from a heartbreak because I broke up with someone a month before COVID. And he dated someone two weeks after we broke up. And then she moved in for their COVID bubble. So I was, like, (laughs) a little traumatized there. But, yeah. Because I know for some people, it needs to be more like, okay, I'm going to, like, because it can become, I mean, these dating apps a lot of the time can be designed to be very like addictive and like that like dopamine hit when you're swiping and when you get a match and all that stuff. So I know for some people like it needs to be more like black and white, but I think I'm like curious because every time I've stopped something where I'm like, okay, I'm not going to put energy into this. I stop and then I start realizing 
why I put so much energy into it. Like all of a sudden I, I like these fears start coming up and like I start being like, I have to do this. So when you stopped, did you start having like maybe some subconscious fears coming up or like what came up during that time? That's a good question. I think a lot of fear around being independent. Interesting. Okay. I think I realized too, like, it's just like the circle of insanity. Like you're doing the same thing. I didn't Mm. really, I think I realized like, wait, I don't even know what I want in a partner. I want this dream man. That's this tall, blonde, educated, British, funny, witty, successful, you know, all the things that I wanted, but like, what did I like really want? And I think what I really wanted was I was looking for someone to complete me. And I realized, wow, I'm not even complete myself. I don't fully love myself. I don't love the life I've built for myself. And the only reason I wanted a partner was because I felt dependent and I couldn't do things on my own. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I couldn't buy a house on my own or I couldn't have a kid on my own. And so, yeah, I think I was just afraid that I couldn't live my own life happily. Yeah. And the minute I started focusing on myself, I started making more money than I ever have. I, my life, my career, my purpose, things are growing. And so as time goes on, I'm just realizing like that fear that I had was I just wasn't believing in myself. And the minute I started believing in myself, I think it's when things just felt better, worked out. I mean, it makes sense why we like, I'm just thinking back to like, I don't know if you remember like our Tumblr days of like all those like sappy, you know, quotes that people use. It's just like, I need to find my missing puzzle piece. It's like, I feel like us, I think it's getting a lot better, but I feel like us in like our thirties, when we were growing up, it was always like little girls think about their wedding and, you know, we have to like find our Prince Charming and this is what you do. You know, I think we're sold a bill of goods of like, you need to have a partner to do X, Y, Z, or like a partner is like a stepping stone. Like first you meet someone, get married, and then you like have a kid and then you build your career when really like there's no order necessary for anything like that. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. I think, yeah, the older I get, the more I realize like life goes out of order. You can buy the house, then fall in love. You can get accidentally pregnant, then get married, you know? And I think I realized too, like you actually have more control in your life than you realize. Like you can't take control of your fertility. You can take control of the career you want to build for yourself. And so I just felt kind of powerless, I think. And I was just waiting for that first stepping stone, like you said. And I just thought, and maybe it's because I come from a very traditional family where my dad worked, my mom stayed at home. And I think there's a lot to that, but I just felt like, oh, like I couldn't be an adult and live my life until I had that partner, you know? And then I realized like, no, actually I'm doing all these things without that partner. And I think also like, not to sound pessimistic, but the older you get, the more you realize like marriage is not the perfect solution. Being a mother is not the perfect solution. I have friends that don't have the perfect marriage and aren't perfectly happy being a mother, you know? And it's like, I've seen people get divorced and I've seen what marriage is like in many ways and motherhood. And it's not easy. And um, I always say like, they're not any happier than I am. They just have a totally different day-to-day life. 
And so as I got older, I realized like, you know, a 37 year old mom is not any happier than a 37 year old single me, you know? So That's that was a big eye opening thing. And I think in your twenties and even your early thirties, like you're just not able to see that. But once you see that the world is happening and like, oh yeah, this is actually not picture perfect. Like I thought, like my little girl thought it would be, you just realize like, okay, whatever you're doing and if you're doing your best, that's good too. It's such a good point. And like, as someone who, you know, did probably, you know, did follow, like, I remember like having this moment of, (laughs) I had gotten engaged. I had this like ring on my finger and I remember being like, I still feel really insecure, you know, like it didn't take anything away. You know, it changes your life to like get married. And, you know, now I'm a new mom and like it definitely changes. But I can look I was at having dinner last night with a girlfriend who doesn't have kids. And it's like there's so many things where I'd be like, I miss that part of like, do I love being a mom? A hundred percent. Do I like love being married? Yes. A hundred percent. Can I talk to my single friends and be like, oh, I really miss that. Or talk to my friends that don't have kids. Like, oh, I really, really miss that. So it's like, it's always like, we think the grass is so much greener and everything will just like poof, go away. I've shared this before, but I used to think I would get self-esteem when I hit 30. Like I'll just like magically be this like confident person when I hit 30. And it's like, I still sometimes don't feel like an adult and I have like, I'm a mother to like someone and I'm still like, I feel like a kid in a lot of ways. So it is very interesting. Like our perception of what we think hitting certain things will do. Yeah. It's so true. It's funny. I was reading this article and they had some calculation of what your like mental age is. And I was 28 mentally. And I'm like, I'm totally 28 still like in my head, like just about to turn 30, like, you know, and I just feel like I'm still kind of that early young woman, like going into womanhood and adulthood still. It's funny. But like, I asked my parents, I'm like, they feel like they're in their 40s still mentally, or even 50s, even though they're closer to 70. So I do feel like, you know, we feel that way, which is funny. I do want to talk about like, you touched on it, but the pushback that I get on this stuff a lot is like women will specifically talk about like, I want to have kids. And I had my parents on the show a couple months ago. My mom had me at 43 and then she had my little brother at 52. And so I was natural and then she did IVF for my brother. And I also, my brother and his wife had kids when my sister-in-law was in her 40s. So, and I have another sister-in-law who had kids in her 40s. So I felt super lucky that I like grew up in a family where it was never like, you know, you have to do this by a certain age. And I always had so many examples of like having kids when you're older is, is amazing. Like I never thought of my parents as like old or, you know, anything like that. So I had this great example, but I know a lot of people don't have that. So I would just love to, you know, how you've kind of navigated that journey, I guess. And thought process. I just think it's going to be so much cooler to be an older mom, to be like, yeah, I went to Paris fashion week and like I traveled the world. And like when I was 35, I moved to London and, you know, I dated this guy and then I started my business and like, you just have so much more life experience to teach them, you know? And I think 
I love my mother so much. I think she's literally, obviously, I think she's the best mom in the world. But my mom had me kind of young and had some life experience, but like not a lot. And like, you know, and sometimes like even going through life issues, like getting advice from your parents, like sometimes I wish that like I could ask like, well, what was it like being single in your thirties? Like they can't tell me because they married young and basically it was my mom's first love and stuff like that. So I think having life experience can really deepen your friendship with your children later on. Plus you have a lot less regrets. And I'm just one that's like, if I had started doing this at 30, in my late twenties and had children, like I just would have always wondered. And I think with social media these days and like seeing all these people's lives, it can feel overwhelming and cause like FOMO. And I feel like I just would have been so overwhelmed seeing that all these other people lived these full lives independently before they settled down. So I think you just add more like life advice for your child and you're going to be happier because you had your independent years because everything does change when you're a mother, you know? Yeah. And I feel like I had like two specific instances in my family where I saw one, like have kids really young and like that whole process. And then I saw my sibling who waited till their forties. And I remember being like, it's just too, and you know, some people like have kids early and it works out, you know, amazing, like, like you, but, but I also think like, there's so much to be said about having that life before. And like, I mean, we kind of touched on it too, but having marriage and kids be like a checklist kind of, kind of item. I I mean, the listeners know this, but my husband and I broke up like seven years ago because he really felt like if he wasn't sure if he wanted to get married because he really felt like if he like were to propose and get married, it would be like a total checklist item for him. And like, he didn't want to kind of live his life like that. So he had to go off and like live his life on his own to realize like, okay, it's not just a checklist thing. But I think a lot of people do that as just, I'm just going to check this off the list. I'm just going to find someone get married, have kids. Cause that's what I'm quote unquote supposed to do. And you know, then you're there for a long time. Yeah. I think a lot of people feel stuck. Like after dating three, five years, it like that's the natural progression of things. But I can tell you, I've seen friends go through divorce and it's absolutely awful. I'm very grateful that I haven't had to do that yet. It's really rough. And also marriage is a really long time. And like, if you already think three years is long and you're like, oh my God, I have to get married now because people are judging. Like, what do you think 30 or 40 years is going to be like with someone? You know, This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It is so important to share your thoughts and feelings while going through a breakup, especially if it's something you're feeling any guilt or shame around. I know whenever I'm struggling with a certain thought or situation and I keep it to myself, it gets heavier and heavier and feels harder and harder to manage. I truly believe we are as sick as our secrets. Therapy has always been a safe space for me to have a judgment-free zone to get things off my chest. Whether it's something from my past, a current struggle, or something I'm anxious about in the future, I always feel lighter when I'm able to share something that feels scary. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. 
Visit betterhelp.com slash heartbreak today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash heartbreak. If you are a listener of this podcast, you know I warn about how your phone can either be a great tool or a huge obstacle when it comes to getting over your breakup. Instead of spending time on your phone trying to figure out what your ex is up to, why not spend some time engaging in a super fun mystery game that will help take your mind off your breakup? June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. Each new scene takes you further through a thrilling murder mystery story that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. I am such a big mystery and puzzle fan, so this game has been so fun for me to get into. When I'm looking for a little escape from reality during the day or a way to relax that doesn't involve social media, it's been so fun to use my brain in a new way by diving into June's captivating quest and engaging my sense of observation to find the hidden clues. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Since getting sober over 11 years ago, most of my friends don't drink, and last month at my birthday dinner, we were going around the table talking about our favorite non-alcoholic drink, and almost everyone at the table was talking about how much they love recess, me included. Not only is Recess Mood a delicious drink, Strawberry Rose is my favorite, but they also have Raspberry Lemon, which is so good, Lime Citrus, and more. It's made with real fruit, it's only 20 calories, and it comes with functional ingredients like stress-balancing adaptogens and mood-lifting magnesium, so it can also bring me a much, much needed moment of peace. So whether you're like me and are always on the hunt for functional and tasty non-alcoholic drinks, or you're just looking for something healthy to unwind at the end of the day, Recess mood should be your go-to. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash heartbreak and get 15% off recess mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Yeah. How have you navigated people saying like, when are you going to settle down? You know, I'm sure your family isn't like this, but like the stereotypical, like sitting down at Thanksgiving or Christmas and being like, when are you going to bring someone home kind of a thing? So how have you navigated those kinds of comments or questions? Yeah, I actually made a video on that around Thanksgiving and it yeah. went like viral because my best answer is like, if you're just really positive about it, like, yeah, like, oh, are you dating anyone? Yeah, I'm dating a lot of people or yeah, I'm dating a few people. They're all really great. Life is great in New York. Like they don't have a lot to say back when you're positive about the issue. Because if you're That's just like, oh, point. I don't know. Like, I'm not dating someone now. And like, you know, then your grandma's gonna be like, well, you should be less picky or you should do this. And then it becomes this whole conversation. But like, if you can even fake it till you make it and bring this positive energy that like, no, this is actually totally my choice. It's not because a man is rejecting me and I'm not dating someone like this is my choice and I'm happy about it. I feel like people are less keen to like, get into it with you. That's such a good point. Yeah, they're less likely to give unsolicited advice yeah so if you have like you know crazy aunt linda that's like asking like why haven't you met someone be like oh my god like i'm working on my career right now i'm traveling this summer things are great like if i meet him great but like things are going really well so that's kind of what i do luckily my parents and family are in support of what i do and i think that's like very helpful yeah that's the advice that i give to women yeah i think that's really good advice and another thing that i wanted to ask is you mentioned that you do have friends that have gone through divorce, but like, have there been scenarios where like most of your friends are in relationships and like, 
have you felt like people always say all of my friends are in relationships. I don't feel like I can like hang out with them because they're always doing like couple things. Has that been something you've encountered? One thing that I think I've always done a good job at is making new friends that are in a like-minded space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. You do not have to stop making friends at 30. I talked to my therapist about this and she's like 60 something. She lives in Portugal. She did a very like under the Tuscan sun where she was living in Seattle and like said, screw it. I'm going to move to Lisbon and live this cool European adventure. And like, she's still making friends in her sixties. And so the concept of stopping making friends, I think is what will get you there because you shouldn't only have all married friends. You need to put yourself out there a little bit. And like, of course, people will have ebb and flow and get into relationships and stuff. But like, kind of just constantly finding someone that's like a little bit in your tribe or is like going through what you're going through, I think is important. So like, even going to like meetups or going to, you know, a workout class or like however way people can make new friends, I think that's important. I've lived in cities like San Francisco, New York, basically the past like 12 years of my life. So those are cities where people settle down later in life. So luckily I've been able to find some single friends, but I think even in smaller towns too, you just have to put yourself out there and make, make a new friend that's in your life, lifeboat. That's really the only way to do it. And I think it's going to keep you happier. I think once you like have that shift in perspective, I just think like when I, I compare so much stuff to when I got sober. But when I decided like I needed to get sober 10 years ago, like I had this shift in perspective. And then all of a sudden, like all these doors kind of opened and like I was kind of surrounded by like people going through the same thing. So it's like I think once you kind of have that opening and that shift in perspective, like people will come into your life. And like if you're open to meeting people, people will come into your life. Like even your therapist like kind of did a similar like huge change and you see have this like great example of like it going really well. So I think, you know, it's no surprise that like you have people in your life that like are either examples or people that are just on the same kind of wavelength as you. Totally. And I mean you just have to fill up your own life. Like a lot of people ask me like how do I like keep my sanity and happiness. And one trick I do is I plan one really fun thing I'm looking forward to that week, whether it's like a yoga class with a friend, a pottery class, whatever it is, going to a new restaurant. But like every week, like I have something I'm looking forward to. And then once a month, there's something bigger, like a trip or a special concert or something, because you have to have things to look forward to. Because otherwise, if I like wasn't planning out my life, like I would just be like, oh my God, what's my 37th year going to look like? It's going to be summer. I'm going to be single. It's going to be the fall and winter and I'm still going to be single. Or what if I don't find someone? And you're just like worrying so much about this like black hole and future that you just have to take things bite sized in the now. And that's how I stay happy, you know? And yeah. so like tomorrow I'm going to tea with some friends that are skin influencers and I just have things to look forward to. And so it's like, find even a new friend. And like, I think lowering your expectations of what friendships are too. like, hmm. you don't have to have a new absolute best friend where they know everything about you. Like you can have a new friend and still go to a new restaurant and, and have fun, you know? And like, yeah. maybe you guys know each other, but it doesn't need to be your best friend of 10 years that is at home with her kids, you know, but it's, you're still enjoying life and 
that's the whole point of everything is just to have new experiences and enjoy life. So actually, that's like a really, really good point is you don't have to. I think sometimes the idea of making new friends feels so intimidating because it's like as we get older, because it's like I have so many things about me (laughs) that like are like I have so many things to tell you. Like, how am I ever going to like create this deep lasting friendship after, you know, when I've been on the earth for 35 years? But that is a really good point. You can have like a yoga friend. You can have like, I don't know. I think of like I have friends that I talk to about like my favorite podcast. I have friends, you know, it's like I have friends that I meet like I it's formed around a certain interest or something. And then maybe it goes deeper. Maybe it doesn't. And it doesn't have to. Yeah. I called it actually the friendship pie. I made a video on that once. Oh, okay. That it was have your yoga friend, have your bougie new restaurant friend that you guys can go to. Like and just have different friends to fill your life in different areas, you know? And you just can't hold you just can't have high expectations for everything in your life. And I talk a lot about this with like solo travel too. Like even if you're on a trip by yourself and you do one or two cool things that day, it doesn't have to be this magical full day of all the social things and experiencing everything. Like, you know, or like if you move to a new city, like let's say you make one new friend that month or you do two exciting things that month you know, and you're coming from somewhere where you have friends that you would see every week, like you just can't have the same expectations. And you just have to be go easy on yourself. That's very good advice. That's actually I feel like every time I travel, I always in the past, especially I've like always dealt with needing to hit every single thing, get all these certain photos, like every meal needs to be incredible. And it's not even enjoyable because you're just so stressed about like planning this perfect itinerary and and all of that stuff. So can you talk a little bit about solo travel? I feel like it's something that you've done a lot. And I know a lot of people are like hesitant to do it or scared to do it. Yeah. So I coined the term me moon where you take yourself on like a solo honeymoon. It's just, you know, a fun term. And I did that all around Europe last summer because I was based out of London. And yeah, basically I learned, like, I think like my first trip, I was like, okay, I need to go here for lunch and here for dinner. And then I was like, why? Like, the point is just to be here and then to enjoy myself. And it's like, maybe I'll come back and go see that cool, you know, tourist spot in the city or maybe not, but like, I don't have to do all the things. Like, I just need to enjoy myself, you know? I think with solo travel, also just realizing like no one cares what you're doing. (laughs) Like you think people are watching you and they don't. And I did this video where I was like, this is exactly what it's like eating alone. And maybe everyone at some point looked at me, but probably because I was like fully dressed up in like a gown because I always dress up traveling. But like they probably thought for one second, like, oh, she must be here on work or she's doing something cool or like we automatically assume that it's a negative thought when we have actually no clue what they're thinking. But every single person looked at me probably when they entered the restaurant, because I was right in the center and it was a small restaurant of like, I don't know, 10 tables. So we all saw each other and like they saw me for a second and then they just went on to dining and hanging out with their table and no one even cared. And no one was even looking for like 10 minutes. I like had this video and like, no one was looking at what I was doing. No one cared. I had AirPods in. I called my mom. People were like, oh, you can't can't talk on the phone like at a nice restaurant. It's like I have an AirPod in and like why not? Like I could be talking to someone else. Like 
if there was someone else here, you would be talking to them. Phoenix needs rules where it's like, you can't be on your phone when you're at dining alone. Like, why not? Like, if that makes you happy and you want to be on your phone for one hour while you're eating, why not? Like, you know, we make up these like rules in our head of like the right way to do things. And there is no right way. Whatever makes us feel good and eases anxiety or just brings us happiness, like do it. I think the most liberating thing that I ever heard was when someone told me like, no one thinks about you as much as you think about yourself. Like everyone is so busy just thinking about themselves that like no one cares what you're doing most of the time. Like no one cares if you're sitting alone or what you're doing. We spend so much time thinking everyone's looking at me and no one is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so true. It's We are like our own worst critic, you know, so it's, yeah, it's interesting. One of the last things I want to touch on is, was there a learning curve in terms of learning to enjoy your own company? Like, was that something that felt uncomfortable at first? And how did you work through that? Major learning curve. Like I lived in a sorority. Then after college, I lived with three other girls. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. My dad worked from home a lot. So like I was always around people. I was so dependent. I always would joke around, I'm a dependent person and I love it. I wouldn't even go to the grocery store by myself in my 20s. I would make a friend come with me. It's funny because I often think about like, what was the switch of like, why I just started enjoying myself? And I really just think it came with age. I think having more experience of being like, this is actually not that scary. And I'm a curious person. So like I am reading, I'm watching documentaries, I'm going out and exploring a city, you know, and it just felt good to like, sometimes you just don't want to talk to people. Sometimes you just want to do your own thing. Like I love vintage shopping, for example. And like, I do not get bored of it. Like I could go to like six stores in a row. And if I was with a friend or a boyfriend and traveling and doing that, like, I don't think that they would have the patience to do that with me. Not everyone, you know? So I just started doing things that I really loved. And I was like, wow, this is actually amazing that no one's giving any input. I can just do it by myself. So I think it's practice. Yes, that's a great. And realizing like, okay, I did this scary thing and I'm still like, I'm okay, you know? Yeah. And like, oh, I kind of had a fun day and like, I can do that again and kind of be selfish with my time. Just do whatever I want. So I, yeah, I think it was time and practice and I, I'd encourage people to try doing it earlier. And what I've realized too, is like people have mad respect for independent people, like going on solo trips and stuff. Like the people that are like, that's lame. They're projecting their own issues because the majority of people that I've met think it's really cool. And like, I think Think of like people that like are all these like self-made women and like worked their way up. Like they were independent. They put themselves out there. So like, it's a cool thing to do and it's not lame. And the coolest people in the world were kind of the independent go-getters that believed in themselves, you know? Well, I was going to say when you were talking about like people having thoughts of something in a restaurant, like if I see someone on their own, I'm like, that's cool. Like, I, it's always very like, I really respect that. It's never like, oh, I bet they don't have anyone to eat with. Like that has never crossed my mind when I see someone on their own in a restaurant. So I think that's awesome. And it also reminds me of when you talked about like, when you said you felt powerless in your life, I think there's like nothing more, you know, if we learn like, 
we only have control over ourselves. We like can't control other people. Like, you know, we can have expectations of other people, but like we have no control over whether they'll live up to those expectations or let us down. But when we like talk about ourselves, like it's once you realize like, oh, I have so much power over my own, you know, my own self and my own desires and like what I want to do, like being able to go out and just go vintage shopping as long as you want. Like that's very powerful. It's not having to rely on someone else to take you there or to like want to go with you. You can just get up. And that's what I like. I was telling you before we started recording, I don't have very many regrets in life. One of my biggest regrets is spending my time single wishing I was in a relationship because, and I remember I had like a mentor tell me like, there's going to be a time when you're at home with a kid and a husband and you're really going to miss this time. And it was really hard for me to believe her when she said that, but it's so true. Like just being able to like, okay, it's Saturday and I can literally do whatever I want to do instead of having to like check with a partner or, you know, now it's like figure out a babysitter, you know, just all that stuff of like that. There's so much freedom in being able to enjoy your own company. Yeah. And nothing is forever. And it's funny because it's like, I don't have a lot of regrets either. But I guess what my one big regret is like, I was in this really unhealthy, like emotionally abusive relationship in my late 20s. And I stayed because I thought, shit, I'm approaching 30. And I can't start over. And like, what am I going to do? And I stayed and like, I was never even really in this wasn't even love. I wasn't into it. Like it just was just this mind fuck of like my age and looking at other people. And like, I just stayed longer than I should have. And like, I think my biggest regret is also just being sad and scared and not believing in myself that things would be okay on my own. And like, I even look back in like the beginning of COVID, I was in New York for like the first eight weeks of it solo. That was rough. And then I went and lived at my parents' house for a few months. And I was literally like 34, 35, single in the midst of like the world ending at my parents' house. And I was like, oh my God, you know, thinking the world was over. Like what decisions did I make in my life to get me in this like shitty spot? Like life sucks, right? And then last summer I was in the South of France on my me moon. I went for like a week by myself and then I actually had friends there. So I met them at the end of the trip. And I had this like amazing, most glamorous me day ever. And I was like, oh my God, the me two years ago in the beginning of COVID thought the world was over. And like, I just had one of the coolest days I've ever had in my life. Like just a reminder that like life keeps going forward. Your sad point will not be your sad point forever and ever and ever. Maybe there are some issues that you keep, you know, long-term, but like the situation that you're in is not going to stay the same. And I just wish like, why didn't I enjoy those moments more of just being at my parents? You know, it was hard because we didn't know what the world was going to be like, but it's funny that we have similar regrets. And it's just, I think the learning for anyone listening that this is just going to be a short period of time in your life and you're going to look back on it. Yeah. It's like just a tiny blip. And we think like a year seems like so long, but if we look in like the grand scheme of things, like it's really not. So I feel like that's a really good note to end on. Thank you so much. I really hope you are writing a book or in, you know, I will 100% read that. And I know a lot of people will too. Can you let people know where they can find you? Yeah. So I am 30 waves spelled out 30 T-H-I-R-T-Y waves on TikTok and Instagram. And also I want to say I started a Facebook group 
to connect women all around the world. And so you can join the Facebook group and then there are dedicated cities in the group from like Montreal to Ireland to Dubai to there was a meetup in Melbourne, Australia. So you can join your city's groups and women are starting meetups and making new friends. And it's all kind of centered around this late 20, 30, 40 age group of women just wanting to meet and that are in similar like stages. So I love that. Okay. I'm definitely, I will get the link to that and put it in the show notes. So I feel like that's super, super valuable. Thank you so much, Brittany, for coming on. Yeah. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you loved it, I hope you'll leave a review and share with your friends. If you're not already following me on Instagram, head to at your breakup bestie where I'm sharing new content almost every day. To join our Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with thousands of people from all over the world going through breakups, head to the link in the show notes. And don't forget to check out my online courses for more in-depth help through your healing journey. I always end these episodes the same way, reminding you to be nice to yourself, stay connected with loved ones, and the biggest reminder is that this too shall pass. I promise. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.